Welcome to the Yes You Can podcast, a soft place to land for fit pros and aspiring entrepreneurs looking for a motivational cheerleader who's been through it all and believes your best life is about being brave and tapping into your magic. Hi, I'm Hannah Pratt, an online coach and vulnerability queen. I'm here ready to share my experiences through grief, life, and finding my place on the podium to help you level up. So grab a latte and a notebook and get ready to be inspired through the Yes You Can podcast. Team, friends, I am so excited to have today's guest on the Yes You Can podcast. Piper Riley Thompson is the founder of Ontario Bar Exam Coach and Bar Exam Bootcamp, a coaching program that helps law students prepare for the Ontario bar exams. Very niche, very niche audience. I know Piper because we are friends and you'll hear all about a story about how we started working together, but she became a client for me in my launch strategy coaching. And we co-created her coaching program and the launch. And you'll hear all about that and the success she found. You'll also hear about her origin story and going through one of the darkest periods in her life, after failing the Ontario bar exams, spoiler alert, that's what happens and how she came out of that and is now using that experience to really make a major impact on the lives of hundreds of students going through similar experiences. We talk a lot about money and success and transparency around the struggles of debt. And we both believe that launching a course and sort of monetizing your experience and getting compensated for what you do and what you know is incredibly important. We talk uh, very transparently about this. And if you're feeling inspired or if you're feeling like you want some more resources about course creation or launching a coaching program similar to what she did, I talk about total launch formula at the end of the episode. And I wanted to note right now that I am accepting applications for it and we are starting at the end of August. This is my coaching program that teaches you exactly how to do exactly what Piper did. And if you're looking at launching in December or January, now is the time to start, whether it's with me or with somebody else. That is my full intro for Piper Riley Thompson. I am so excited to have her here. Welcome, Piper, to the Yes You Can podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Hannah. Okay, so Piper Riley Thompson, I made the mistake of not (laughs) including your first part of your last name in something. I think because I go by Hannah Rose Pratt sometimes. So I usually just think that like the middle part is optional, but it's not optional. It's Piper Riley Thompson. You know, little known fact, Piper is my middle name. So when people people drop the Riley in Piper Riley Thompson, I'm like, no, 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 Piper is my middle name, guys. Like my parents wanted to be really progressive, gave me two last names, no hyphen. But the issue is that Riley sounds like a lot of people's first, middle, yes. or sometimes yes. last name. So people always drop it. Anyways, I'm very passionate about the two last names and sometimes my first initial before Piper. <laughs> okay. Got it. I'm going to ask you uh, like when we're not recording what your real first name is, because I'm fascinated <laughs> by this. Um, and what are your pronouns? My pronouns are she, her. Okay. Amazing. Maybe just tell me who you are, tell the listeners who you are, what you do, and then we can talk about your business and all things Ontario Bar Exam Coach and Piper Riley Thompson. Amazing. Um, Yeah, I feel like this is always such a big question because Mm -hmm. I know you and I have talked about this before, being like multi-passionate and having like so many different things you care about and do and make up you as a human. And then someone says, oh, tell me about yourself or tell others about yourself. 
and you think, okay, like, wait, which parts apply here? Yeah. Um, yeah. Where do you want me to start? Yeah, where do you want me to start? So, um, right now I live in Winnipeg and I work as a lawyer, um, in house for a first nations health organization. Um, I run a podcast with a good friend of mine, Aaron, the podcast is called off the tracks and it's all about, um, lawyers who have had atypical legal careers or people who have left the law and so on and so forth. Um, and I run Ontario bar exam coach, which is, um, a coaching program for students writing the lawyer licensing exams in Ontario. So people who are trying to pass the bar and become lawyers. And um, up until um, May of 2022 this year, I was working at Wheelhouse Cycle Club in Winnipeg <laughs> as a member of the people team for almost two years. And um, I think for me, I just have always been someone who is very curious and likes taking really big leaps. And I also feel like some of the best things in life have happened to me accidentally on purpose or just completely accidentally. And mm -hmm. a lot of the things that have gotten me up to this point, including my business, have fallen into that category. You have such a cool like origin story, which if anybody is in the legal space... I should really know the terms to use because my boyfriend is a lawyer. But if anybody is a lawyer or, or on LinkedIn, they would probably know your story because it went viral. And you phrase it as how one of your biggest failures led to one of your biggest successes or, you know, experiences. Can you yeah. tell us what that was? And, and it's, the origin story, like PSA, spoilers, the origin story for Ontario Bar Exam Coach. <laughs> so um, in Ontario, to become a lawyer, you write two bar exams. And Ontario is one of the very last provinces um, to have these licensing exams. They're somewhat archaic, and I speak very openly about that. They are <laughs> by no means a measure of anyone's ability to be a lawyer, but I don't really think they're going anywhere. Um, and... Um, how it typically works is you graduate law school in Ontario, you write these exams typically at the end of June, and then you begin your articling term, which is the, the final piece to getting licensed. The exam is also offered two other times throughout the year, um, but the vast majority of people who are attending an Ontario law school, graduating in the spring, write the exams before they start their articles. So I did just that. Um, I was very burnt out from law school, and I probably should have taken a step back and probably recognized that. And I had a couple people in my life say, you know, you're, pro you're, you're burnt out. There's nothing wrong with deferring one or both of the exams. And I remember thinking, what are you talking about? Like everybody else is writing these exams. I do everything all the time. Of course yeah. I'm going to write these exams. So, um, on my third day of articling, um, I was still living in the city where I'd gone to law school in Windsor, Ontario. And my roommate, who I'd lived with for three years in law school, had literally moved um, back to Toronto that day. I was in a, like a brand new apartment all by myself, surrounded oh my by boxes. And I got home from my third day of work um, and had an email that I'd failed both exams. And... Oh my gosh, it was like mm -hmm. everything came crashing down. And I spent a lot of time like crying and just feeling like I had no idea what I was going to do because these are not like exams where you can study for like a week. It's yeah. like months long process. Um, 
And so to make a very long story short, I rewrote both exams, um, one in each sitting. So one in November, and then I was supposed to write my last one and be free of this really stressful process that took over my life in March, 2020. And the exam was canceled because of Of the times of the world. And it was postponed until June of 2020. And something that that added a layer that I don't often talk about is in June, 2020, all of my friends were getting called to the bar and officially becoming lawyers. And I still was studying for this exam that had been postponed because of the pandemic. And so my whole world, I was obviously so happy for my friends, but I was still really like, locked in with this exam and there was so much uncertainty. I had worked so hard, but you never know if you're, if you're going to pass or not. Um, and then in August, 2020, I found out like two months later that I'd passed the exam and I wrote a blog post about it. And to be completely honest, I had drafted about half of the blog post before I found out I passed. Um, because I had felt so much shame about really withdrawing from my social circles and deleting all my social media. And I didn't feel shame about that, but like I was withdrawing from like my sense of community and life because I felt so much shame and nobody ever talked about failing. And I felt like I was quite literally the only person on the planet who had failed these exams. And so then a couple of days after I found out I passed, I shared a blog post. I quite literally like made and paid for a Squarespace website just to share this blog post. And I shared it. That's a very Piper move. I love it. (laughs) Knowing you now, I'm like, that's such a Piper move. I love it. I shared it. And the next thing I knew, like my whole world blew up. Um, And at the time I had just moved back to Winnipeg and I was living here for the first time in eight years. I, at the time was unemployed because I wasn't licensed. I didn't know what I was going to do. And And then people started asking me how I passed and how I did it. And the next thing I knew, I was taking calls all the time just for free. I was unemployed. And at the time I um, was living with my parents. I was like in a very kind of lost um, purgatory state. And Mm -hmm. my dad, who is an entrepreneur, said to me one day in a very nice way, he said, this ends today. These free calls, they end right now. Um, he said, this is a business. You can make money doing this and you should be compensated because you are putting a lot of work into the, Mm -hmm. the advice and the strategies you are giving these people. Mm -hmm. And at first I was horrified. I thought, what are you talking about? Like, of course I would just help people because I want to help people. Yeah. I'm a good person. Yeah. I'm a good person. Like I want other people to pass like I did. And then I don't know what happened, but I literally stayed up till four in the morning and I had made an entire website in one sitting. Like I did not stop. Maybe that's the ADHD in me that I am exploring and finding out about. Um, that, that could be it looking back on it. I was, I'm laughing off screen right now. I was gonna, I was gonna interrupt. I'm like, you know what? We didn't talk about whether we can talk about ADHD. And so, but you know, the hyper focus part is, is a, in my opinion, for me, it serves me well when I need to get mm-hmm. shit done. And that definitely sounds like a hyper-focused yes. situation. So I made the website and the next thing I knew, I launched it and really was like, maybe I'll only ever have two clients. And in my first year of business, I had over 150 ongoing one-on-one clients, which was incredible. I was able to help so many people. I learned so much about running a business and doing everything yourself and communicating, making invoices. I literally, I think the funniest part of my business is the fact that I spent that entire first year 
with over 150 one-on-one clients, hand making every invoice on Canva. <laughs> hand making every invoice on Canva. Like I look back on that and I think, what the hell were you doing? Like, how did you not know there was a better way? And I only yeah. learned there was a better way because the first person I ever hired to help me with my business was a graphic designer who sent me an invoice through a platform called Wave. And I thought, wait, what? Wait. Oh my God. There's a technology platform that does this. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so that is the origin story of my business. And then I became really burnt out and thought there has to be a better way. And that's kind of what led me to the podcast today. Amazing. I, the story is like, I've been smiling this entire time while you're telling it both because you bring humor into it. It's inspiring. It's relatable. Like I had another guest, um, Lindy Norris on the podcast and it was all about failing and how, learning how to feel better. But that's like a really romantic notion that you can employ once you're out of the failure. You know, you can like, once you're out of it, you can say that was such a formative experience. And now as we're going to talk more about your business, obviously it was, it's the thing that launched it. Um, but when you're in it and when you feel like you're the only person who's experiencing like the shame of not achieving whatever it is your goal was, especially when it's a really public one and everybody else is sharing their successes and nobody else is being like, Hey, I failed. Did you fail too? You know, like let's, and not only that, but your experience wasn't that you could just write it again. Like you said, in two different sittings, I learned a lot about, um, <laughs> bar exams and it's, I've more than you ever I'll, wanted to know. <laughs> honestly, Piper, it's, it was in my mind and now it's back out. It's like, I was like, I don't have the capacity, but it's, it's not like you could just go and write it, rewrite it. You had to wait a significant amount of time. And you said purgatory. And it's like, yeah, you're in this limbo state of trying again, which takes an incredible amount of tenacity. So for you to launch a coaching business out of that, I think is beautiful. And I, I understand the like initial feelings of feeling horrified to be like, no, I just want to help people. I mean, I've come from the charitable sector, like literally, <laughs> you know, getting paid for something that you love to do doesn't feel right. Or getting paid to help people doesn't feel right. But so maybe let's start like, there. And then we can talk about how you've launched into a coaching business, but I'm just curious about your experience. And I actually don't know the answer to this. How did your relationship with your clients change once they started paying you? Cause I still, I know that we still worked on raising your prices and doing some other things, but from the accountability perspective, did you find that they were more accountable to the process? Did you feel like they cared more? Like I'm kind of feeding words into your mouth, but I really, I'm really curious about that with students specifically. No, absolutely. And I felt too, that, that I, in a way felt more accountable. I felt like I, I felt really responsible then when I started charging for my services. Um, and I felt like I really owed people to show up as my best self as their coach and mentor and guide throughout this process. And I felt like people really responded to that and people really showed up. And something I always talk about with my clients is I don't want to have a lot of sessions with you. And that is definitely probably like not the, a lot of coaches main um, approach. Yeah. But it's mine because I say, I'm going to give you so much in the time that we spend together that you will be able to go off on your own for a four week period, five week period. And then we can have another session. And mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. I have had clients who for various reasons have wanted weekly sessions, yeah. um, multiple clients, but 
Um, I really think that when I started charging money, people really responded and they, there was like an element of trust that they were really investing in themselves and this process and in working with me. And that can't be, couldn't have been easy. Um, I know this for sure, working with you on this, on the launch of your program, which again, we'll talk about in a second, but students as an audience, like when you said investing in themselves, students are, are an audience of people who don't have a lot of money, especially law students. And for them to invest in a coach is like really brave, really hard. And did you have any like mindset things around charging students knowing like all the fees that they had to pay, which are absolutely ridiculous for the record? Yeah. Um, yeah. So students pay about $700 per exam. Um, and if they write it more than once, it's, they pay it again. And then they also pay, um, um, about $5,000 in licensing fees. And then they've also, you know, just paid for law school and then you pay to exist as a human on this earth. And, um, I, I definitely, I still have money hangups about charging. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely something that I am still working on. I definitely have gotten to a better place about it. Um, I have on my website for my course, um, where, in the frequently asked questions where the question is kind of not really a question. It's a statement. And it says, I'm not sure I can invest the money right now. And I write, I get it. I remember it being April, 2019 and crying in my bedroom while wondering how I was going to afford the bar exam registration, registration fees, true story. And little did I know at the time I'd fail and be paying the fees twice. Um, and then I go on to talk about the course and why it is so valuable and it can really help make your entire situation, um, much more streamlined and simple from the beginning. And you, um, are investing in yourself to make this process so much easier and really take the weight off. And so I think I've really worked hard to communicate that value. Um, but charging students who I know are in, um, challenging financial situations. And I get it because I have literally been there a lot of days. I still feel like I'm there. Um, has definitely been a roadblock and I have raised my prices significantly since mm-hmm. starting my business. And the first time I did it was really out of need in the sense that there were more people that wanted to work with me than I could physically take on. Mm-hmm. I, at the time, um, you know, it was, I was working remotely full time and I would some days have a client at like 7.30 AM Winnipeg time. So it would be 8.30 in Ontario. And then I would take a client from 12 to one Winnipeg time over my lunch. And then I would start taking clients immediately at 4.30, the millisecond I could log off my work computer. And I would coach until like, I would coach three clients until 7.30. And then I would some days wake up and do it all over again. And so having to charge more was really like, yeah, yeah, I have to, I have, I have to be able to, I have to, I have to, to do it. Yeah. yeah. The, that's the, like, I talk a lot about digital products on LinkedIn and sometimes I feel like I don't talk about them enough <laughs> because the reality is, the reality is you either take on more clients and burn yourself out completely. Um, and I think you and I are both people who tend to do that or you, charge more or you hire somebody to then do like an agency model and you 
remain the same with their prices, or you put all those people into a container and do a group coaching program or a course where you are teaching them all the same things is likely you would be teaching all these clients very similar, if not exactly the same process or roadmap to get to a place where they were feeling like they could go into the bar exams being successful. And so you're just like, you're eliminating the need to repeat yourself like a parrot and you're getting your time back. Like that's not, I think a lot of business owners who are really good people. And I bet those are the only ones I usually work with are like heart centered people who want to make an impact on the world. It's like, they want to help their clients so badly that they almost literally, I mean, they, they burn their entire lives to the ground in the process of doing it because they just care so much. And there's a point where there's a breaking point where that can't, it's not sustainable. And like, you name it, like I have taken a call from a panicked client there, whether it's the grocery store, whether it's like been at my grandparents' house, whether it's like been in the middle of a dinner with friends, like I have taken those calls, um, which like obviously contractually in my relationship with my clients, I did not have to take. And, um, it's really hard sometimes to separate, like to be your really like heart centered self and to run a business. It's something Mm -hmm. I struggle with every day. And, um, it's, it's a work in progress. And I think there's a way, but there's a way for those two things to coexist, to like want to do good, but also realize that what you're putting out is so worthwhile and helps so many people. And as such, you deserve to be compensated. Absolutely. I think like financial security and like uh, financial wellness, I mean, I'm very fired up about this like topic today for some reason, and also just all the time now, but I do believe it's like a feminist issue. I do believe it is an issue that we need to talk about more, especially with people who are, you know, traditionally marginalized communities who didn't have access to the similar, um, privileges or opportunities. Like it's being compensated for your work, being compensated for your intellectual property, being compensated for your time is, is an absolute necessity for us as women or as people in general to like finally be on an equal playing field at the very least of just being compensated. And there's a whole like history of like charitable sector and women being more nurturing people and giving our time and all that sort of stuff. And I could go, I literally wrote a dissertation on this (laughs) in my master's, but I will digress because I feel like it's a really great segue to talk about how a, what you teach as a coach. So what you're, what are you, what's your process or what is your sort of program promise? And then, um, talk about bar exam bootcamp which I just announced. There you go. Yeah. So um, what sets me apart from other organizations that do similar work, I really strongly believe that there isn't another company that does what I do um, with Ontario Bar Exam Coach and with Bar Exam Bootcamp, my signature course and group coaching program. Um, I do not teach students um, the content of the exam. They have to read all this content about all these different types of area of law and people are obviously often nervous for that because they think, oh, I I never studied family law or I know nothing about real estate law. And I say, it doesn't matter. I'm going to teach you the exam. I'm going to teach you the strategy of how to beat this exam at its own game um, because it's a major time crunch. People um, at the time of recording, because sometimes the law society likes to change things up, but at the time of recording, the um, you have a minute and 41 seconds to answer each question. Um, so it's this like really intense time crunch and there's so much to do. And I work with people on what I call 
day one strategy. So, so often um, from my own experience and from people I work with who have failed the exams, um, people are so um, obsessed. If I can even just, I would say it's really an obsession with finishing the reading the study materials for these exams. There's over 2000 pages. You often don't have that long to read them um, and to get familiar with them. And they're really hard to get through. Um, I often tell clients that if you get through 10 pages an hour, that's like incredible. Um, And so what happens is students really rush to kind of get through these pages of studying. And then once they do, they think, okay, now I'm going to come up with a plan for the exams. But the exam is about five minutes away. And so what I work on with people is what I call day one strategy. And it's about coming up with a plan for exams every time you sit down to study. So from day one of your studying, and you're going to make every day, day one, you are going to like work just as hard on your strategies every single time you study. And it's really probably only going to add five to seven minutes to your studying every day. So you are going to be more effective and more efficient. And I love the idea of helping people get more done in a condensed amount of time. Yeah, that's my one of my favorite things. <laughs> like, like I'm not lazy, I'm efficient. Exactly. And like I'm resourceful and I want to know what's the most effective way to do this. Um I love it because I feel like even being understanding now that I'm a neurodivergent person, exams were really tricky and timed exams were really tricky and I'd have my own little hacks of like okay, I'm going to start at this section because it's just going to get me going. And then I'm going to go back to the front. And so you teach, and I don't know if that's allowed and like whatever, but you teach an approach, like how to approach studying for the exam to set yourself up for success. And unlike other programs that might ethically or unethically talk about like completion rates or success rates for exams, which is a really hard thing to promise, just like it's hard for me to promise somebody's going to make a certain amount on a launch. Um, you talk about like maybe you can tell me in your own words about like what you expect people to experience going through your program. Absolutely. So people that go through bar exam bootcamp and who work with me, my goal is for them to feel more confident and prepared, not only heading into the day of the exam, but throughout the entire entirety of their bar prep. And the reason for that is because I know what it's like to feel so anxious throughout that process, no matter how long you're spending on it. And Um, the anxiety is always going to be there. It's scary. There's so many unknowns, but what I work to do is say, Hey, like you have all of the strategies and tools in place now to help you be successful on the day of the exam. Mm -hmm. If you simply implement them. And, um, yeah, my goal is, is really just for people to feel better and feel supported. And to also know that not only like, do I have their back, but they have their own back because of, because of what I teach them. That's really cool. And I, what I, uh, so yeah, I, I keep talking about what I learned when working with you, but we will talk about that as well. Um, so for the listeners who aren't aware, who are just tuning in for this one episode, I don't know who you are. <laughs> Welcome. Um, what I do is I coach people to how to launch courses and coaching programs. So I have a coaching program, in which I do this. And I also do this one-on-one and maybe just taking a quick segue, I'm going to say I only do it one-on-one because Piper literally convinced me <laughs> to take her on as a client. And I say this not in a way of I didn't want to. It's that I did not have a coaching package offering when Piper approached me and said, that's great. You have Total Launch Formula. I don't want it. I literally <laughs> shut down the conversation before she could even bring it up. I was like, I don't want to hear your pitch. I do not want to do this course with you. I need you to hold my hand and carry me through this launch. 
And so she did. It was great. <laughs> it's like that, that, that like poem that's like, you're walking on the beach and there's two footsteps or there's like one footstep. And like I was carrying you. Like, I feel like to a degree that was true, but I was inspired by Piper because of her. Although there were some things I was like, okay, this is going to be challenging. Um, she had a business where she was already had clients. She had people clamoring to work with her. And it was, um, it was a matter of like readjusting and building a launch strategy, building an email list, lead magnet, all the things we do. Um, and so we worked together to launch, the core. I, I'm going to call it a coaching program because they're two different things. So to launch and create Bar Exam Bootcamp, which was putting all the things she just talked about together into a program and then launching it, which is a big deal. And I mean, maybe you could just tell me how you, how you experienced the launch. Literally, honestly, because it w- it wasn't all easy breezy. Like a lot of it was not easy breezy. In the end, it was wonderful. Spoiler. And I, I, but- I think too, like when I signed up to work with you, part of the issue that made it so challenging was I, not only was I burnt out from all of the one-on-one clients, but I was still in it. Like I still had all of those clients and my full-time job and the podcast and a life as a whole human and working on this launch and, and working wheelhouse. And, at the oh time. yeah. And at the time I was also working at the spin studio. And so, um, it was just, like about finding not only the hours in the day to work on it, but what I've learned about launching and just life in general is that you need time to just think and have creativity. And that time was in the negatives for me. Like not only did it not exist, like there was no chance of it existing. No. And so the launch was not all easy breezy. I mean, to be clear, like you were wonderful throughout, but there were definitely like, I knew I was a difficult client because I knew that I couldn't show up always as fully as I wanted to show up. And there were many times I showed up to our sessions being like, I haven't slept. I just had a horrible, like long day. I have more clients after we have this call. Like I'm going to stay up all night again, trying to work on this launch. Um, and so I definitely wasn't like maybe the ideal. (laughs) Let me, let me pause you right there. You, you were absolutely wonderful. And, um, this is just context about Piper as a human. There'd be times where she'd be like, I did terribly at this thing. And I'm like, no, you did wonderfully. She's like, no, I did terribly. I'm like, okay, we're just going to, we're just going to move on. Cause I, as we have 90 minutes together and we're just going to move on. You were absolutely wonderful. Um, and the thing about launching is like, I, I think very few people do it when they are working on their business full time. I have, I do have people in total launch formula who are entrepreneurs full time. And so launching a product is something they can spend a lot of time doing. I didn't have that experience, um, either. And so it is a lot of work up front. Um, the, the discomfort is around learning new technology, coming up with a strategy, coming up with a course name, having the energy to launch and then launching the damn thing and trusting that it's going to be worthwhile after you make this investment of time, money and energy. Um, and I do think it was worthwhile. So like with all of that said about the challenges with launching, um, I actually love launching now. Obviously, I have a course of a coaching program on it and I take, I tell people it about it because I, I can see the future for them and I could see it the entire time with you. I'm like, this is going to be successful. I would not have taken you on as a client if I didn't think I could help you get there and that it would have been successful. But maybe let's talk about the outcome because in this, in this time we're talking about Piper had way too many clients 
and still, still wasn't really making the money you wanted to be making was burnt out and had a negative amount of storage of, of energy. So when you were going through the launch and when you finish your launch, what was the result at the end of that? Yeah. So I, before I reveal that, uh, I think something I want to talk about is, um, something I feel really passionate recently about. And a lot of this comes from working with Hannah and then other like self discovery is being really transparent about money. And I feel like the world would be, I don't know, like not a better, but like a cooler place, a better place, like less taboo place talking about money. And I mean money in all ways. Like I wish you could go on Instagram and you could see someone's European vacation. And you know, on Instagram, when you post an ad and like at the end, you have to go like hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored. I wish you could be like hashtag paid for by my parents, like hashtag all on my credit card. All of yeah. those things and no shade Absolutely. to people on these trips. I'm looking at your pictures and I'm loving them. Um, but there are so many examples of that. And mm-hmm. for me right now at this stage in my life, um, I'm 28 and I have a mountain of law school debt. And mm-hmm. at its peak, um, my law school debt was maxed out at $135,000. And the repayment began this summer, um, mm-hmm. as in the summer of 2022. And mm-hmm. I had a really big goal, which was for me, I want to get my debt under a hundred K under a hundred K before it goes into repayment. And mm-hmm. the reason for this was because I find the debt really emotional. I find it really yeah. emotional. It's always on my mind. Um, I, I don't like it. <laughs> and so debt is something that's like all encompassing. You can literally never, ever feel like you can get away from it. It's like every, it's, it's always at the back of your mind. Cause I've been there too, like transparently lots and lots of debt and no way of paying it back. And the worst part is too, that mine is quote unquote, a good debt. Like it's a law school debt. It's not $135,000 of credit card debt. And if someone is listening and they're going through that, I in no means mean yours is bad debt, but mine is just viewed by banks and people as a good investment. I do not see it that way when I log into my bank account and see it there. So for me, launching was an opportunity to reach my debt repayment goal. Um, and that's exactly what I did. Um, I reached my debt repayment goal in terms of getting it under 100K. I wish it was at zero. Um, I re- reached that goal two months early by launching my course. Um, and my first launch of my course... Um, I can't believe I'm saying this on the podcast, but it's fine. I just need to like release the taboo of talking about money. Um, I made over $30,000 from this one launch in revenue. Um, and something I'm learning is to like put money aside to pay taxes on it and all of those things. Um, and figuring out the expenses that my business incurs each month. Um, but I was able to reach that debt repayment goal and that has had a huge impact on my life and my mental health. And I am so grateful to everyone who put their trust in me. I was able to reach that number, um, by having 43 amazing humans register for bar exam bootcamp. And it's funny because my literal goal was 43 humans and that's the exact number of people that signed up. Um, and it was in, it was incredible. The whole experience was incredible. And I have thought about it a lot since that, and I'm in the middle of a launch right now, but yeah. I thought to myself after I thought, even if this never happens again, like even if I never launch again, even if I never make this kind of money from my business again, um, it will have all been worth it. I have learned so much. It wasn't about the money that was like a positive 
thing that kind of just happened off to the side. It was about everything I learned from doing the launch. And I just feel so grateful. And as an aside, and if you go on Hannah's amazing new website or you creep her Instagram, um, she posted a portion of a testimonial that I submitted. And I talk about how the money I made from my first launch in working with Hannah was more money than I had made in my entire previous year in business. Um, and that was just a crazy, wild, amazing thing. I don't know why I'm like getting teary right now. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just so happy. Like, honestly, I just, I'm just so happy for you. I'm just so happy for you. And I don't know anybody who deserves it more to have your amazing concept, like compensated. And there was a message when you said, you know, it's not about the money. And it's funny because people are like, like, I think money is a topic that people are attracted to. And then you talk about like what it's allowed you to do, like not feeling like I posted this morning on my stories about not like being stressed about my dog being sick, but not being overwhelmed at wondering if I could pay the bill at the vet for all these tests I have to do. And you sent me a message that I actually screenshotted and put in like my little happy folder because you were on vacation and you were reading a book on the balcony and you're like, I'm totally at peace. And this is only possible because of this course launch. And I was just like, (laughs) like, I just was so happy that you decided to take this really big leap and invest even more when you had already invested in your law school education, knowing that it was, you know, it, it can be a gamble when you're betting on yourself and you're betting on a process you don't know. It's scary. It's fucking scary. Like it's not easy. People who's like, you know, take the leap, do the thing. Yeah. That that's really, again, romantic. It is not easy when you're in it and you're questioning whether you're making the right decision the entire time. I'm sure. No, absolutely. And I think, um, two things I want to say, one thing I want to clarify about money. And then I would just love to just say one thing about working with you and the course, but about money, I, I still am at a place in my life and my career where, um, that, that $30,000 plus revenue I made from the course it's gone. It went to pay my debt. That's what it like. Mm -hmm. I am, I'm still in the same financial situation of Mm -hmm. being very actively thinking about my finances and money and my debt. And I feel like inflation is so high. So I just want to make it very clear that I wish I could be on that European vacation right now. And if so, I would go hashtag paid for my, my business, like all those things. I wish I could, you know, just sort of leap and not think about money all the time, but it's still there. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm just, I want to be really open about that. And when you talk about making an investment in working with someone, whether it be for a launch or hiring anyone to help you with your business before working with you, I know, you know, this, I had invested in a course um, about Mm -hmm. launching and I, it was not for me. And that's okay. You know, like there are times you invest in things in your life that aren't for you. Um, Mm -hmm. and I definitely learned some things. Um, and if I had never signed up for that course, I would have never even thought about working with you. And so it opened that door, which became extraordinary. So in that sense, it was a great investment. Um, and I think when I, when I got an email from you about, um, what the investment would be to work with you one-on-one, I was prepared to be shell-shocked, but I knew that it was going to be worth it. And I had told myself before you even sent the email, um, I told myself, you know, whatever it is, you're going to make it work. 
because it's going to be so worth it. And I really had like, I did have like an upper number in mind where I was like, maybe just kidding. It won't be possible. But, um, it was like quite the stretch. Um, and yeah, I'm so, so glad that we worked together. Uh, yeah, I, uh, that, that amount of trust, um, in me felt like, I feel, feel like, I don't know that it was like warranted at the time. Like, I mean, the, I think the advantage is when you know somebody personally and for sure with me pivoting from doing instructor magic into TLF, I've noticed that the most amount of clients I've had are people who live in Winnipeg or who know me from my business because I've had 13 years plus in the marketing communications fundraising business. So they know me beyond being a spin instructor who sells a course about spin, you know, how to be a better spin instructor, essentially. Um, and so that was, you know, when your reputation precedes you, it feels like you're, I was very honored for you to say that about me. And, you know, the thing about as much as I wanted to work with you and just be like, yes, I want to help you. I also had to sort of like practice what I'm preaching now about if you are, going to be investing in somebody emotionally, you know, like when you were in your launch, I was like, you we're know, in I was logging in. I was in your launch with you. We were holding hands to the finish line. I was logging into your, your uh, Kajabi, which is the platform we both use to see how many people had signed up. I was attending your webinars. I was like emotionally invested. And I knew that if I was going to do that, it had to be the money thing had to be like, this is worth it on both ends. And that accountability is there. And I'm accountable to Piper Monday through Friday through Saturday, sometimes on Voxer to be your partner in this launch. And then when you do a coaching program, it's like a a slight step down because you're still getting one-on-one attention in a cohort. You're still getting live coaching. And then of course is down below that where it's a lot of do it yourself and you're kind of on your own and like, you're not getting that person, you know, again, holding your hand to the finish line. And the thing about being neurodivergent or knowing yourself, sometimes you only know what option you need after you've done it and haven't been able to complete it, or you didn't feel seen, or you didn't feel you get the support you needed. And that sometimes it sucks when you're like, when you try something and it doesn't work out the first time, but it does illuminate likely what would be the better option for you. A hundred percent. And you say all the time, and I'm paraphrasing, but don't hire someone to, or don't invest in someone for your business who hasn't done the thing you want to do. And Mm. I knew that you had done the thing I wanted to do, which was pivot your business, help a lot of people at once, um, earn money and gain a sense of financial freedom while doing it. And that was really important to me. And it seemed like such a leap of faith at the time. It was really scary. I'm not going to like lie and say it wasn't scary. Yeah. Yeah, It was really scary. And there was obviously moments of, Oh my gosh, what if this doesn't work? Um, but it did. And a lot of that as well as I had to release the fear I had of what other people might think about me doing this, what I thought about myself doing this. Um, in terms of like, are people going to judge me? Am I going to be too salesy? Um, and I just thought, you know what? Nobody else is living this life except me. Um, I just have to let go of that a bit. And it just, it made me really like show up for myself. And it was definitely like a scary season in my life, but a really good season. Yeah. The fear of being judged for, um, deviating from the path of what other people know you as being on, if that makes sense. Like people know you as being this one thing. 
um, for you to then deviate from that and say, Hey, I believe my method and my experience is worth packaging and helping other people and selling. If you want to call it that, um, is really terrifying. And honestly, it almost prevented me from launching instructor magic because I was so afraid of judgment and I have a, uh, people pleasing tendency in myself that any form of criticism. Also, this is a, a thing of ADHD, rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria. I take rejection very, um, very deeply. And so I was really afraid of what my community of instructors was, were going to say. And then I just started helping people kind of like quietly in the DMs. Um, I spoke to my studio about it and was like, I, the, the return on investment, the return I'm seeing of the impact I'm being able to make by giving my tips and tricks from my marketing career and my DJing career and all the things I know, um, it like it's outweighing the fear of judgment. So the positive impact I'm making on somebody's life with this one little bit, this one meeting I've taken with them is it, it just it's, it becomes harder to ignore. And so the voice of fear, the voice of like, what if this is horrible. Um, or what if people hate me for it? It just becomes quieter the more people you help, but you have to get started to actually do that. And it, it's a lifelong thing. Like you've, you've said this, that this is something you're still working on, I think, right? Absolutely. I'm still working on showing up and like letting go of that fear of what other people think. Um, and I think also something that I have, um, worked really hard on is just, you know, I, I forget where I heard this. Um, I wish I could like refer back to some podcast or some book or who knows, maybe you said it, but something I've worked on is like, if someone has an issue with you and they aren't telling you that's a them problem. Mm-hmm. And like, we're all adults. And so I definitely something I struggle with in my personal life, um, which then bleeds and rolls over in turn into my professional life is always worrying people are mad at me. Um, and there can be nothing precipitating that. Like, I just will say to some of my close friends, are you mad at me? And it's not a great quality. And I know that. And it's something I actively work on. And, um, in, in this business, I, I have to think, okay, are people judging me? What do they think of me? Do they think I'm being obnoxious or, or silly for doing this? And I think, you know, if someone has a big enough of a problem with me that they want to bring it up, like, go for it. I'd be happy to have a conversation about it. Um, but if they're not going to, I'm just going to do my thing and people can unfollow, people can unfriend and that's okay. Yeah. And I know that it's really cliche. I think it was probably Brene Brown who said that. (laughs) I mean, I probably paraphrased her for sure. (laughs) Um, but she talks about when people come to you with their invisible army and they'll say, you know, a lot of us have been talking and they won't name who those people are. And so you would then have, and this is like an extreme example of somebody even bringing something up to you. Um, but like, I feel like your friends, the people who truly love you, who care about you, if there's a messaging issue or if they feel like there's something that you're doing that is hurting other people or hurting them or, uh, out of character for you. They're going to have a conversation with you about it. And it's going to be a conversation that's like led by curiosity instead of judgment. And I've had conversations with people who have responded to something I've posted or whatever. And instead of being curious, it's like a paragraph of, of, Hey, we're disappointed. And this is why, and I'm like, Oh no, we're not 
like, let's start from up here where let's just get on the same page that this was a misunderstanding and this whole paragraph was completely unnecessary. So I feel like the people who truly, you know, I, there's a saying, it's like, um, pay you or pray for you or are there for you. Like there's something like that. Those people are the ones that matter. And, um, letting go or like better yet refocusing your energy on the people who need your gift, who need your roadmap, who need your template of how to get through the stress of writing the bar exams is like, those are the people you need to care about instead of making up scenarios in your head about people who might may or may not be talking about you. And again, if they don't, if they haven't come to you, then they don't exist. Like it's a, it's a weird thing to like trick your brain into believing, but it's true. No, absolutely. And I think also something that I found really valuable throughout my launch was having my invisible army of friends behind me. And something that I worked on communicating with my friends was, Hey, like I'm really in this launch right now. And I am going to be a little bit more MIA than I, than I normally would. Um, but I need like all of the love and support that you have the capacity to give because I am on empty. And I think like, communicating with the people in your corner when how you're feeling and when you need support um at least for me in my launch was like so valuable and i felt so lucky to be like lifted up by all of that love yeah that's really i don't know that i did that and i probably should have <laughs> in my own in my own circle i think the hard thing can be that a lot of people don't understand the world of online marketing and coaching and course creation and that sort of stuff And so I wanted to add a little caveat to what I previously said about people who are coming to you with concerns. There's going to be people in your life who don't understand your business, especially if you're stepping out and being an entrepreneur for the first time. They're not going to understand what you're doing and they're going to have genuine and potentially legitimate concerns about you um, failing or not succeeding or burning yourself out or all those things. That doesn't mean that they're not people, you know, that you should cut them out of your life or anything like that. It's just surrounding and shoring up your reserves of people who do understand who you can commiserate with who you can talk to about like webinars and tech and clients and like too many questions and all the things that you experience um like and again this is not like a i actually never said this this is not a sales pitch for tlf or working with me um whatever if you're listening now and you're curious and you want to launch a course like i can just not recommend enough finding a community of people or making business friends like business besties or whatever they call them who can understand what you're going through and be there for you and like an intimate level and then also having your community of people who can celebrate and maybe not understand it but can celebrate and support you with whatever it is that you need no absolutely and it should be a pitch for tlf (laughs) um because even though i said i was unwilling to join um, because i know myself so well and i knew i needed to be dragged kicking and screaming yeah, over the finish line did. of that launch. I, it's really true. Did. I did. Um, I, I know that if, if Hannah gives even like 1% to TLF that she gives her one-on-one clients, it will be like the most incredible thing you've ever invested in. Oh my God. I feel like, I feel like people are going to think that I paid you to say this or like something. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the product. I'm proud of the, the, the coaching program. And I'm really proud of like the one-on-one stuff that I do. And it can be hard thing to self promote. So I really appreciate that. You know, there's a reason I haven't posted your testimonial. Um, and because I'm, it feels so, it feels so like, look at me 
Like, you know, look at what somebody else is telling. So we are going to do this podcast. Like we're going to post this podcast. I swear to God, I am probably tomorrow. And, and I really appreciate it. Um, because you have truly changed my business and having a client like you who was so willing to trust me, um, sort of reinforced my own confidence and my willingness to like go all in on this pivot. Um, and being there for your success was like feeling like literally feeling like it was my own in every single way. And now I'm inspired to do this more and more with other people because I can tell your story. So thank you for all your transparency, Piper. Um, what do you have coming up in the fall? You said you're in a launch. If somebody is for some reason, uh, <laughs> an Ontario law student and is listening to this, how can they like participate or what can they sign up for? Like, how can they get more of you and potentially work with you? Absolutely. So I am in the middle of a launch right now. Um, it's the second round of bar exam bootcamp. Um, and the bar exam bootcamp will happen three times a year. Um, and you can go to my website, ontariobarexamcoach.com to learn more information or connect with me on LinkedIn because that's where I do most of my posting and sharing about all of the exciting things I have coming up, whether it's for my course, my one-on-one clients or otherwise. Um, and I'm always just a DM, an email, a message, a carrier pigeon, uh, like a genie in a bottle away. So if anyone wants to get in touch, I'm sure you can. As we started this episode with, my name is somewhat unique. So if you like search me anywhere, it will come up. Um, just make sure you include both last names. <laughs> It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. And and don't forget your email list. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. See, Hannah, still coaching. Um, <laughs> if you go to OntarioBarExamCoach.com slash free hyphen guide, you will grab um, all of my tips and tricks for getting started studying for the bar exam and you will get added to my email list, which shares so many amazing, not only like strategy tips for writing the bar exams, but also the mindset tips you need to get through the process. Because as I mentioned before, it is, um, it's a very challenging time and I want to be there to support you in that season of your life. Oh, so good. And she, for the record, Piper, I think if she ever wanted to leave what she's doing, she could be an amazing copywriter because she's like, I gave her <laughs> templates and she made them so much better. And I was like, I feel like, I feel like you're like editing this work in a way that's, uh, I mean, I want to hire you to write my emails. Like, <laughs> I mean, if anyone wants to hire me, I would love my first job in copywriting. It sounds really cool. Uh, to be completely honest, like Hannah is not the first person to say that to me. Um, and it, I'm like, who knows? I you heard it here first. Yeah, you You heard heard it here first. first. And I always say, like, we never know what the next step is in our life. Life is all about connecting the dots. So who knows? Maybe the next time we chat on this podcast, it'll be me telling you all about my new copywriting career. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. Thank you, Piper. Uh loved having you on the podcast. You're amazing. And um for everybody else. If you are interested in joining Total Launch Formula or working with me as a coach, I have applications enrolling right now. The process is super, super simple. All you do is fill out a form and you get to book a call with me and then we chat and discuss whether it's a great fit or whether you can benefit from resources elsewhere. That's it. So that link is in the show notes. And for everybody else, have a wonderful day. And yes, you can. Thanks for listening all the way to the end of the Yes You Can podcast. If you loved this one, I would so appreciate a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That lets others know that, hey, this is a good podcast and it's worthwhile to listen to. If you really loved it, make sure to share with somebody you love who could benefit from a little magic and motivation in their lives. Thanks so much, friends, and have a great day.